Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 301 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, in a pro tip episode, Jenny and I will talk about glucagon, emergency lows, just, you know, how to manage that kind of a scenario and what happens if you need glucagon and how do you use it, that kind of stuff. It's not a bummer. Don't worry. Jenny and I laughed more during this one than most of them. So we're going to go over how to use the glucagon, what glucagon is, what does it do, the three different kinds that we could think of that are on the market. Pretty much, it's a nuts to bolts glucagon extravaganza talking about low blood sugar. So where else are you going to talk about people having seizures and hearing them laugh at the same time? I mean, who else is putting out diabetes content laughing about a seizure? It's not funny, by the way. It's just the situation was funny. You'll see when you get to it. Don't get upset. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter and the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Hmm? You can go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box or ContourNextOne.com to find out more about the sponsors and what they got going. But trust me, what they got going is some amazingly accurate blood sugar measuring tools. Arden uses both of these devices daily, and they are exceptional. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box, ContourNextOne.com. Take a look at both of them. Support the sponsor. Support the podcast. Last thing, I'm going to be at the Dallas, let's see how they build themselves, Type 1 Nation Summit, Northern Texas. This is the Greater Dallas and Greater Fort Worth slash Arlington chapter. Big chapter. You're going to be able to see me and, I don't know if you know this Kyle Cochran guy. He's been a four, he is a four-time American Ninja Warrior. Warrior? Warrior. Why would I not pronounce the R? Anyway, anyway. I think I'm having a stroke, people. This is the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Kyle Cochran's going to be there. I'm going to be there. There's going to be some other great resources. It's a really wonderful Type 1 Nation event. Check them out. You can go to juiceboxpodcast.com, scroll to the bottom, click on events, and there's a link right there to buy tickets. Uh, it's a great event. February 16th. It's a Sunday. Please don't make me fly all the way to Dallas and not see you. All right, we're going to get started. Just remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. And now, Jenny Smith and I do the chit-chat about the glucagon. I liked your idea a lot of doing a pro tips for glucagon. And I was wondering if we couldn't meld it together with like emergency situation ideas as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just, I realized, well, we'll talk about it while we're talking about it. Yeah. I don't know how to start this, honestly. Um, I can tell you that we buy glucagon religiously. I always have some. When it expires, we always get more. We've never used it. <laughs> We've had opportunity to use it twice when Arden was little and both times opted to try glucose gel instead, mm -hmm. which worked. Um, here's the best place to tell the story, I guess. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've said it here before, so I'll encapsulate a little bit. But, you know, when Arden was really newly diagnosed, she was probably like two and a half years old and Thinking back now, knowing everything that I know, she was probably honeymooning still 
right? Right. And I had, no one ever spoke those words to me ever. I didn't know that was a thing back then. Um, and we got kind of ahead of ourselves one day and Kelly was getting ready to leave on a business trip. She was going to go overseas. And it was like six or seven hours before her car was going to come to take her to the airport. And she's like, Hey, uh, I need another piece of luggage. Like, let's go to the mall and get a, a little piece of luggage. I was like, all right. So we jet over to the mall and it's a Sunday. Um, and we're hungry while we're there. So we grab, you know, the, the worst thing in the world, like mall, chi- mall food. Chi- Chinese food, just not just mall <laughs> food, mall Chinese food. And I was just like, boom, I counted my carbs. And I was like, pulled up my insulin and the needle, bang, go ahead and eat. I figured this out. And uh, she ate the food. We ate, we bought the bag, we went home. Arden was super little. So she fell asleep in the ride home, during the ride home, only like 15 minute ride. And I carried her into the house and put her in her crib. And my wife's packing and my son's watching the football game and everyone's living their life. And all of a sudden, it sounded like there was a, a wild animal trapped in the house, right? There was like this grunting and grunting and grunting. And, you know, it's like anytime, like, I'm just like, what is that? And I start moving through the house towards the sound. It's coming from Arden's room. And I get into her room and look in the crib and she is having a seizure, you know? And I was mm-hmm. just like, I did not hundred percent know what to do. So I picked her up and I went through the house to where Kelly was and we had just this kind of little area rug. And I said, I'm like, Arden's having a seizure. And so I put her on the floor and I got out the glucagon. So the the red box, you know, yep. that has the. Has Which this, hasn't changed. Yeah, in right. And forever years. and ever. And this is the one Lily sells, right? And and so um, the red box, I pop it open and there's a needle in there. The needle needs to be put together. The needle has liquid in it. I know the liquid needs to be shot into the powder, then it has to be reconstituted and drawn back out. And I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. I was so freaked out that I fumbled with that thing and I was nowhere near getting it put together before Kelly was rubbing glucose gel into her cheek. Right. And, um, I'm not embarrassed because I look back on that time and I remember when they gave it to us, the nurse made such a big deal of saying, this is life-saving glucagon, but, <laughs> but don't worry, you'll never need it. And so when she said that, I was like, well, I'll never need it. Right. Oh, whatever. You, you know? And so the good I, thing is that you knew where it was in the house, at least. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, in the bottom of the dog's bed or something, right? You're just giving me credit for where knowing it where it was. So You knew where it was. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so literally during, you know, the, Kelly put the glucose in her cheek. She started to come out of it. Um, I will tell you 100% that the the experience of watching Arden have a seizure will never leave me. I have never forgotten any of the details of it. She was blind, like she couldn't see anybody. She couldn't talk. But I don't think that meant that she wasn't aware of what was happening. Because right. there's a, I've shared it on the podcast recently, but there's, um, you know, there's a video of her from a year or so later explaining how it felt to have a seizure. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, even when you touched her, it scared the crap out of her when you touched her, you know? And, and so I just never even figured out how to put it together. I had shown it to nurses. I had shown it to people like everything, but when the time came, I was like, not very helpful. Um, right. Anyway, the glucose gel did work. Um, 
And then we went to the hospital. We called 911. And we went to the hospital. And then you got to the hospital. And then the hospital kind of treats you like, you don't really need to be here. Like, it was, there's that kind of feeling. And then you realize, like, oh, it's over now. It's okay. It, yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. So um, later, while we're talking, I'll tell you about the second time Arden had a seizure. People are going to be like, why am I listening to this podcast? It only happened twice. Just relax. <laughs> it was in the beginning. <laughs> so... I guess let's really start at the very beginning, right? Like what is glucagon and what does it do when you inject it? I don't know where you are right now, but I'm on contournextone.com. You got to cut me a break. There's only so many ways to do these ads, okay? I want you to know about this meter. I'm not messing around about it. Arden started using the Contour Next One, like I told you before, like a year or so ago. Maybe it's a little less, a little more. I don't know. My grasp of time is, uh, you know. I'm getting old. I don't really know how long ago it was. Here's what I do know. The damn thing is accurate. It's easy to carry around. The test trips are amazing. You can miss on your first try, go back again without ruining the tests. So you're not wasting test trips. Again, the accuracy of this meter is just wonderful. So frequently matches with Arden's Dexcom. It's amazing. And you can get a free Contour Next One meter at ContourNextOne.com. So why not go see if you're eligible for it? It's only going to take you clicking on it to find out. Or the next time you find yourself at the endo, just tell them, look, I'd like to use a more accurate meter than the one I'm using now. Let's write me a prescription for this one. Get some test strips and get moving with the Contour Next One. I'll tell you what, the next one is next level. The Contour Next One is a highly accurate, easy to use meter. It has a unique smart light feature. It instantly shows you if your blood glucose is in target range, and that can help you make dosing decisions, right? Like real management decisions. You know what else they have? Wonderful. It's a Contour Diabetes app that seamlessly connects via Bluetooth. Understand that? You test with a meter, boom, it pops up magic-like on your phone. And then this app is more than I can describe to you right now, but it's free and you ought to check it out. So whether or not you use my link found at juiceboxpodcast.com or in the show notes, or if you ask your doctor to get the meter or whatever you end up doing, in the end, just make sure you click on my link. I'm just kidding. Just make sure you get the meter. It's really wonderful. It's going to be a great addition to your diabetes toolkit. I cannot stress enough how much we're enjoying it. What is glucagon and what does it do when you inject it? It's made by the body to begin with, glucagon, Mm -hmm. right? And so... In the human body, it's a piece of the glucose management system that your body has in place without diabetes in the picture. Okay. Right? So you've got this management system of your body releases insulin, your body also releases glucagon, which enables the body to break down glycogen, which is stored form of glucose, right? And so you get this drip, 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 drip of both, and that helps to keep things stable through the course of your life. So, you know, in a person without diabetes, you've got blood sugars that might start dipping down. Your body releases a little bit of the glucagon, which enables the body to break down the glycogen into glucose and it starts to navigate things back up. But it's a seamless system, right? I mean, nobody walking around on the street right now, right now even the most highly educated biochemist, whatever, is probably thinking, oh, I wonder what my body's doing to manage my blood sugar right now. It's just one of those things that happens. It happens, like breathing. You don't think about it, it happens. But in diabetes, we we kind of have like a faulty system, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? Our body isn't making insulin anymore, but we still do have this like drip, drip, drip of glucose into our system or we wouldn't need basal insulin. Okay. 
right? Yes. Glucagon, however, is, as you explained well, it's an emergency. We know it as an emergency. We have to use this if this situation is here, right? A mm -hmm. low blood sugar, treat a, a, you know, a friend, a child, a spouse, whoever it might be. So <clears throat> when we inject glucagon, it stimulates a very large amount of breakdown of the glycogen, the stored form of glucose, so that the glucose can get into the system, thus bringing the blood sugar up. And it's stored in your liver, right? Glycogen right? is stored in both liver and muscle cells. And mm -hmm. muscle cells. Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. in, a, in a functioning person who doesn't have type 1 diabetes your body really is bumping and nudging on its own. It's giving you Absolutely. it's giving you insulin and then it's saying, "Oh, this person needs a little more glucose." And so I I I'll release a little here, I'll release that. And that's happening constantly, back and forth, yeah. back and forth all the time. Yes. So yes. so when we're diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, when someone's diagnosed, we always, I mean, for me at least, like in my mind, what happened is Arden's pancreas stopped making insulin. But more happened than that, right? But we just don't talk about the rest of it usually. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. It, and and because you hear people say like, my pancreas is dead, but it's not. It does oh, other. No. It does way more things than that. Absolutely, right. absolutely, it does. I mean, you got more things in your pancreas than just the beta cells. One mm hundred -hmm. percent. In fact, the the um the glucagon actually is made in the alpha cells of the pancreas. So a completely like different little cell hanging out, you know, la di da. Here mm -hmm. I am to do this kind of thing, right? So overall, our pancreas isn't dead; it's just a piece of it that's it's just not working as well function. as you want. Oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. and and okay. So it's interesting, right? Like, so how often do you think? How often do you speak to someone who's needed to use glucagon in an emergency situation? In if I had been doing this 20 years ago, mm -hmm. likely more. Okay. Um, mainly because I think that with the influx of the technology that we have now, mm -hmm. we've got alerts to actually tell us when things are dipping before we would even get to the place of needing glucagon. Yeah. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean that it isn't potentially you know, necessary. We've got um, the standpoint of prolonged exercise, you know, where you've had like um, you know, people who do like a whole entire Ironman triathlon. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge depletion in your body's glycogen stores. Even if you've been fueling along the way, as you should be, mm -hmm. that's a huge depletion. Your body has tapped into your stored glucose to fuel that long duration movement. So, I mean, if you have exercise like that, potentially you're going to need something to boost glycogen out of the system to bring a low blood sugar up and or you've got too much insulin there to begin with. For yeah. whatever reason, the dose was wrong or the dose was wrong along with a long act active day or whatever the scenario, glucagon will potentially at some point be necessary. I knock on wood. I'm not really superstitious, but, um, that's like my grandmother's thing to do. It's like, knock on wood. Yeah, listen, whatever works. <laughs> whatever works. Right. But I mean, in 31 in plus years with diabetes, I've never had to be given glucagon. 
I yeah, haven't. Right. Um, I mean, my husband knows how to use it. My parents know, knew how to use it. My teachers at school, my Girl Scout leaders. I mean, everybody that I interacted, <laughs> they all knew how to use glucagon. I went to sleepovers with the glucagon in my bag. I did. Um, never had to use it, thankfully, in the amount of people that I now work with. I would say it's not it's not common right. to have had to use it. At least not, um, I mean, we may talk about this a little bit later, like, different kinds of emergency settings of use. But I mean, there is the benefit of also mini dosing. Mm -hmm. And some adults, especially the adults that I work with, are much more proactive in in trying to offset something they know is not working Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. you know. And so ability to microdose a glucagon injection and offset a low that you don't pass out from and yeah. nobody needs to help you. You can help yourself, it's right? Fu- it's funny the way you put it because I'm thinking back now. You know, Arden's very infrequently low, but she has like a crazy low once a year that just comes. It appears to come out of nowhere, right? And when you right. think back on one of those, you realize that without the sensing technology, like if she didn't have a Dexcom, those she would have seizures in those moments. Yeah, right. Because it's it's unexpected. First of all. It's not like I've done anything different that day than another day. I'm not standing around all day going, well, this is going to be the day. It never happens. Right. It never happens on a no. day when you're like, something's going to get squirrely today, right? It's never right. that day, right? Oh. And so, you know, you're it's one, two o'clock in the morning and you get the alarm and you realize she's falling way faster than you, you have any expectation for. So there's something, whatever it is, pushing down on her blood sugar and nothing to resist it in the other direction. And it's just right. falling and falling and falling. So we get, you know, we get an alarm, you go in, you give her, I, I mean, for me, I give her juice first because I find that works very quickly. Like it's get, it, the way I think of it is like, let's get something in there working while we do the rest, right? Then I look right. for things like, they're like palatable quick. Um, I always look for like a banana in that situation because it's not hard to eat a banana. It's sugary, right? And then, you know, I'll roll back to another juice if I have to. Um, but you'll see those those crazy lows go like 70, 60, 50, and they fall really quickly. And before you know it, you're treating at 50. Um, and you would have treated sooner. You just, there was no time. And right. you're, you're treating at 50, you're into the thirties. Now you're testing. Now you're doing the like, right. I, in my Are mind, you at this number. <laughs> yeah. Let me double check this. Right. So you're, fi- you finally have a second, there's some food in. So now you hit a finger stick and it says something like 30 or 26 or something ridiculous. And you're just like, okay, now I'm here waiting for her to either have a seizure or not like that is really what it feels like like i've put the food in it's in there it's going to do something and you know and 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 you're just i don't know about everybody else but i test and then i wait like not long you know it's like four or five minutes later and you test again and you're looking for just any sign of stability did the 38 stay at 38 did it it come to 40 did did it go to 40 because if it went to 40 I don't think she's going to have a seizure, right? Like, And right. so I think everyone needs to know how to handle a moment like that. Yeah, y- you know exactly. what I mean? But I'm now, now, you know, having seen that moment a few times in my life, I see as you're talking that without the sensing technology, she would have went from 50 to 30. And the the alarm I would have gotten would have been the grunting and the, and the, right. the, the it would have been the seizure. Right. Right. And then and I would have without- yeah, and without this technology, I mean, I, I thankfully even to this point, I 
I still have symptoms for Lowe's. Yeah. I do. Even with the technology that I have that alerts me and whatnot, I still know when I, I, I know usually even before my system is going to tell me, I, I can tell where I am. What's your number when you know you're low? My what? number is usually in the 60s. Arden's at 60. She knows it's yeah. 60. Um, but, you know, years ago when I was first diagnosed, in fact, a good a good case where I, my parents probably could have used glucagon but didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the summer, like several months after I was diagnosed. We were camping. Had been out playing, you know, rafting in the pool, at the beach, doing everything that you would normally do when you're on vacation, you yeah. know. And it was the evening and my dad was making popcorn at the fire and we were all going to sit around and whatever you do at you know, play games. And you know, it was time for me to check my blood sugar because it was like nighttime, right? It was right. bedtime almost. So I sit down, I check my blood sugar, and my mom was like, that number's not right. And I looked at the number. And I mean, I was the age that I knew numbers and I knew where my numbers should technically be. Yeah. And it was 26. <laughs> and you were just my meter. And you were and this fine, is like right? Those old, like old meters that took like four <laughs> minutes to test. You had to swipe the blood off, stick it back in the machine, push another button, wait for it to actually give you a value. But yeah, 26, my mom's like, that's not right. She's like, did you wash your, you know, all the things I washed my hands again. I'm like, I tested again. My mom's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I, I feel like I did like 30 minutes ago. I'm like totally fine, mom. You know, right. she tested again. It was like 25. It was yeah. like, literally it hadn't moved. And my mom was like, like my mom is the kind of person who's just like, Oh my God, like seriously, you know, and my dad was right there and he's like, well, just give her some juice. And my mom's like, (laughs) my mom's like, this number isn't juice. This is like, we got to do And He's like, give her the juice. She's talking. She's fine. She's answering questions. You know, I mean, I can remember this very vividly. Give her the juice. I drank the juice. You know, my mom's like, okay, let's check again. You know, like all Mm. the things. And certainly it started coming up. It was slow and yeah. it's a painful weight. It mm. really is. But I mean, my mom was like there. She was like, that glucagon is going to be here in 15 <laughs> minutes if this juice that your dad wanted to give you is not working. I mean, and who knows the, what was the accuracy of a machine like 30 years ago? You know, right. I mean, my blood sugar could have been 50. Who knows? Yeah. But again, I think you also have to judge those scenarios like okay, she can take something in to eat. She's talking, he's talking, the person's, you know, with me. Yeah. Can we actually like do the glucose gel? Can you do glucose tablets? Can, is it safe to do something to chew? Should we just ha- do some juice? Right. Um, I mean, but glucagon is always there. If you don't know and you can't tell, use the glucagon. Yeah. It's it's going to work for you. Yeah, but it's the only thing you have at that point too. It, right. It's because- you know, just as I'm describing Arden having a, you know, a bad low, she could still eat and reason and talk and all that stuff. Right. And so that's fine. But when she was seizing, you couldn't have, you, she couldn't have drank anything or eaten anything. Yeah. That wasn't happening. She was gone. You know what I mean? So um, she yeah. needed, she, you know, perfect world situation. We would have used the glucagon in that scenario for certain. You know, it's just, it's, and it's, fr- listen, I have to say this too. It's frightening but if you think you're going to live a whole life with type 1 diabetes and not get into a situation where you test and see a 26, and I think you're wrong. I think it's going to happen at some point. I used to tell – it's funny because you described how everyone in your life knew how to use glucagon. And I've done the same thing, right? You've explained it to a million people. Then it never comes up. And I think that sort of builds a false narrative in those people's heads. Like, oh, this diabetes isn't as bad as these people say. 
right? Because they showed us this emergency thing. We've never used it. It's this, right. it's not a real concern because it never happens. I do think that's one thing that happens. But but the other thing is that is that you have this kind of feeling of I don't know, like like it's it, it's never going to happen, but it could. It, it just mm-hmm. it really could happen. And and if it does. You can't be freaking out in that moment because trust me, right. I freaked out once. And if Kelly wasn't there, I don't know what would have happened to Arden because I right. was like not processing well. And then since then, you know, the second you learn, time, yeah, you know, story time. The second time Arden had a seizure, <laughs> we were at Disney <laughs> um, and we had spent the entire time day at a park we were coming walking. coming back later at night. It was hot. We were walking. She was eating. We were giving her insulin, you know, the way we thought we should. We were testing. She didn't have a glucose meter a long time ago. And we're we're within like visual sight of our hotel, walking back through the park. And this popsicle salesman's walking at us. It's like 1030 at night. And I remember looking up and seeing this guy holding these giant popsicles, thinking like, what devil sent you in my path? <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? You know? And so... The kids are like, can we get those? And we're like, yeah, of course. And we gave her some insulin for it and gave it to her, right? Looking back now, I never would have given her insulin for a popsicle in that scenario, knowing her blood sugar or not knowing her blood sugar. And so we, you know, she eats the popsicle. We walk back to the hotel. Kids are again exhausted. She goes to sleep. The about an hour later, the grunting sound happens. And I'm like, this time I'm like, oh, there's no raccoon in the house. Arden's having a seizure. I know what this is. And so it was both comforting and hilarious and scary. All three, excuse me, not both, but all three. I went into the other room, got her. Sure enough, she was having a seizure. We went right for the glucose gel because we're like, well, we know this works. And I take the cap off the glucose gel and go to squeeze some out. It won't come out. And in the panic, I just thought, I don't know what I thought. But just the little silver paper was still over the thing, the freshness seal. I squeezed it way too hard. The freshness seal did not come off. But it sprung a pinhole in the back corner of, like, the sealed part of the tube. So imagine icing tubing. And I'm squeezing it, and I am writing in calligraphy all over the ceiling of the hotel room in this laser-thin beam of glucose gel. Right. Oh, no. And we all look up. Everyone laughs. We spin the thing around and shoot the glucose gel into her mouth out of the pinhole instead of out of the thing, rub it in her cheeks. She wakes back up again. She's fine. She's kind of looking at you like, yo, what's up? And uh, we get we get her stable, make sure she's not falling, and we put her back to bed. And the whole thing took like 15 minutes, and, and right. that, that was sort of the end of it. And she's never had one since then, you, you know, but we learned a lot in that yeah. in that time. Um, Absolutely. So if you don't think that's going to ever happen, I hope it doesn't happen to you. But to live like it can't happen, that's a mistake. And and so right. back to my original point, when when I used to spend time, before when Arden was younger, going into school and saying, look, here's what you really need to understand about diabetes. And I would go over the stuff. But I would always end with, I know you feel like we're sitting here today getting ready for when it happens because it's something we can prepare for. I'm like, but the, the secret about the diabetes in an emergency is you sort of can't prepare for it. Like, if you knew it was coming, you'd stop it. And right. that's always the weird part about this stuff is it always happens just 
when you would never expect it to happen. Like, because otherwise you'd be sitting around going, oh, you know what's going to, this afternoon is totally a seizure situation. Like no one thinks that way. And so I don't know. I just, um, I think it's incredibly important to be prepared. Um, It is. Well, and, and one additional to that, like preparation, let's say you are prepared, you've done all of your homework, you know, you've got the glucagon, you know how, you know, to use it, your friends know how to use it or whatever. And I, I bring this in because it's something that I do discuss, especially with like older teens and like college students and anybody who does a lot of socializing Mm -hmm. within their job. I think it's, it's really important to know that there may be a point at which glucagon may not work. And that's around drinking, right? With alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there really is, there's a real reason. It's not like the glucagon is like, oh, I'm just not going to work today. (laughs) It's not upset with you for being a drunkard. It's like, you know what? Jenny drinks too much. She doesn't deserve for me to work. It's not like that, right? You're not being judged by the glucagon, right? Right. She had beer and I would have rather she had like, you know, a Mai Tai or something. No, not at all. It's just, you know, it's the, there are biological reasons, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, your liver again, your liver is like this phenomenal organ in your body. It really is. It's, it's fantastic. And it does a tremendous amount of stuff for you. One Mm -hmm. of them is, I mean, you kind of call it your body's detoxifier, right? Okay. I mean, that's a really like nutshell term for the things it does. But the liver's task of ridding the alcohol out of the system, which it sees as a toxin, mm-hmm. it's going to do that first before okay. it does. That's its first Anything, job. That is its job. It's it. going to see a toxin. It's going to be like this body doesn't need this. Let's get rid of it. And it takes a while for your body to process that alcohol. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's like one drink takes about an hour and a half to process out of the body. Okay. Okay. Um, so in that time period, your liver isn't going to as e- efficiently or as effectively check into what's happening with your blood sugar. Yeah. It's not right? a multitasker really. The liver. <laughs> right, it's okay. Not. But in that, if you give glucagon in that scenario, and now you're asking the liver to do another task it's not a multitasker right it's busy already so are I'm you busy. i feel like jenny's saying that a, a liver is more like a guy like you give it a thing to do and it does that <laughs> thing until that thing's over and then it moves on to something else i know this is a generalization that's <laughs> sexist but you know i, I don't <laughs> know that it's i don't know that it's that wrong <laughs> yes <laughs> right yes and, okay. and drinking in and of itself can also you know um do some crazy things just to blood sugar levels in, in general, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's got carbs in it, if it doesn't have carbs in it, it's pure alcohol, et cetera. Um, you may not have been eating with the alcohol. So, I mean, there are a host of other things that could go into a low blood sugar in terms of alcohol consumption. But one of the things, of course, is that the liver's not doing that drip drip of glucose, okay. right? Or glycogen to turn into glucose, et cetera. So your basal then that's dripping in the time period that it was beautifully tested, it should be working great. Your basal's managing without the normal glucose drip drip there. I feel like that's a very important point. Yeah. So if it's not doing that, then what happens? You get a low blood sugar. Now, when you take the glucagon, you're now telling your liver, like I said before, to mm-hmm. do something to release this glycogen and to give you some extra glucose to bring the blood sugar up. And there's either a major delay or it doesn't it doesn't do it. Okay. So really in drinking, 
some emergency, you know, if you're with it enough to know that your blood sugar is dropping, obviously simple carb, you can do the juice. You can do that as if you're with friends, college friends, a spouse, a significant other, whatever, they should know where the glucose gel is something Mm. safe. If it's not glucose gel, they should know where the honey is. If they don't know where the honey is, make sure it's cake frosting, something that can be squirted into the cheek can be rubbed in, massaged in. It starts to absorb and it can bring the blood sugar up. Right. We don't want to, we don't want to have to swallow it to make this process happen. We want it to absorb through the lining in your mouth. Right. Correct. Exactly. So So that's one, I, I think one in that like emergency time of potential, Oh, get the glucagon out. Eh. <laughs> try some other stuff first, right? Try some other yeah, stuff yeah, first. Yeah. Obviously, even calling, you know, emergency services. Obviously, if you're with somebody you really don't know what to do, mm. call nine one one. Yeah, I mean, it's well, so it's so interesting because what you just said about you know when the liver stops making, you know, when it stops dripping out this glucagon, this glucose. We, we always talk about, you know, you need your basal insulin set up. I mean, I'm always saying, right, it's like timing and amount. It's the, the right amount of insulin at the right time against carbs or body function. And, you know, then we talk about body function being like stress or anxiety or pain or, you know, all that. Or your liver and what your liver is right. doing. That's a body function that's causing your blood sugar to try to go up. And if all of a sudden it's not trying to do that anymore, now your basal's too much. It's too much, On right. top it's of that- everything else that's happening. Right. I mean, it's actually the reason that with alcohol, our standard of of education that we say to do is for every alcoholic beverage to take your basal rate, if you're using a pump, that is, mm-hmm. take your basal insulin down by 40% okay. and set it to last duration at least two hours for every drink consumed. So if at the end of the night you've had, you know, four drinks, that's eight hours worth of a decreased basal. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So let me, so now I have this question as we're having this conversation and maybe I'm wrong, but this thing that we call glucagon that we eject, inject in emergency situations, is it actually glucagon or is it something that makes your body produce glucagon? Cliffhanger. You got to go check out the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. You have to, if you don't have one, I can't even understand you. I really don't. It, at least looking into it, I don't understand. How would you How would you hear all this stuff every week and not think to yourself, I need to see my blood sugar. I want to know what direction it's moving in. I want to know how fast it's going. I want to see my kid's blood sugar while he's at school. I want to know what my daughter's blood sugar is at a sleepover. I want to know before I get low. I want to know before I get high. Three days ago, and by the way, let me say this first. These are my results and yours may vary, okay? Three days ago, I started helping a person with a blood sugar that was completely out of whack. I'm talking about over 400 for hours a day, then low, and then when it sat steady, it was well over 250. It was a mess, right? And I was able to help that person make adjustments to their insulin just by seeing their Dexcom. That's it. It took like two days. If I could do that in two days, imagine what you could do with a Dexcom for a lifetime. Please, really, really think about it. I hear all kinds of excuses from people. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it beep. I don't want this. I don't want that. It's going to beep to help you. And once you learn how to use your insulin, it's not going to beep that much because you're not going to be jumping out of range all the time like you are now. That's a real tangible thing that could happen for you. 
Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to the links in your show notes or juiceboxpodcast.com. Please, I'm begging you, just look into it. Is it actually glucagon or is it something that makes your body produce glucagon? No, it, I, I understand that it's glucagon. So glucagon makes your body make more glucagon? Glucagon injected makes your liver release glycogen and, and transition it into glucose. Okay. So is the stuff that we're injecting helping bring up our blood sugar or is it just making that function happen? It's making the funk, right. It's the glucagon that you inject is telling your body to release the stored glucose and send it into the system. That's what raises the blood sugar. Gotcha. It seems like such a simple thing. But as we were talking, we're a half an hour into this and I'm like, maybe I don't understand what's in the vial. (laughs) Unless somebody else knows something else, I've all the years it is glucagon in the it's in that little vial and it's not a very stable compound at all. I mean, that's why it's in that's that why it's like, shipped the way it is. pill form, shift the way it is. That's why it expires so frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why you have to mix it and use it. Um, and, you know, I mentioned briefly before even using mini glucagon, a small portion of what you mix up. Yeah. If you are you know, alone and you can use it yourself, um, that vial that you mix up then, it's only good for 24 hours Yeah, kept in the refrigerator. And so, so. and so you're talking right now about the one that comes in the red box, the one that's made by yep. Lily. So Correct. I guess let's break them down a little bit because now there's suddenly on the market more glucagon. It For yeah. ever and ever, it was the, you got the red box, right? And so inside of that red box from Lily is a vial, like a, a glass vial, and mm-hmm. it's got powder inside of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a a, a needle with and it's an intermuscular needle. It's not an under the it's not an under the skin like little insulin needle. It's like a all the way all the way in needle. And it's a pretty good sized needle. Yeah, it's a hunk of a needle is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so you pull out the vial with the powder in it. You take the needle and you inject the liquid that's in the needle into the vial. Then you kind of spin it together, you know, between your two hands. I know you can't see what I'm doing, but anyway, that. Yep. Yep. And then it, it it constitutes it. It mixes the yep. powder with the liquid. Then you have to draw it back into the syringe, and then you're supposed to stick that syringe like into the muscle in your butt, right, or something like that. Or they usually say right into the butt. Yeah, okay. I mean, th- yes, that's and, the easiest place. And you're injecting place. that glucagon into the muscle. All right, now that's one glucagon. But since that's happened, another company made a nasal glucagon. Who made that? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I don't remember the name of the company. It's Beximi is the name though. Of the of the okay. So of so, the nasal glucagon. Mm-hmm. And so now that's sort of like, you know, everyone I think assumed it was like an aerosol, but it's more powdery, right? And I, have you talked to anybody who's used it yet? I've not talked to anybody who used it. I, I have it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get a prescription for it. And part of the reason, quite honestly, that I got a prescription for it um, is, well, twofold. It's it's certainly much easier to use. Um, from all of the research and all the studies, um, the there's a significant decrease in accuracy of use okay or a significant increase in the accuracy of use with the vaccine compared to the mixed injectable okay and i'm um, let me let me take it for a second i'm looking at it so it's actually also made by lily oh, and yeah. and oh. it's and so it looks like it comes in a thing that looks like you know saline you'd it, the tube spray looks like a nose. saline thing you'd spray in your nose 
but I'm yep. reading it here. It is a powder, mm-hmm. dry powder spray in a portable single use ready to use device. Now, I've only heard from a couple of people who have tried it. And so far, the people who have tried it have said to me that it burned their nose. Like, oh, interesting. So the inside of their nose. I don't, they didn't say about how well or not well it worked, but Jenny's hearing that it, it works more, uh, that it works better than the, those. In terms of accuracy, it works, from what I know, it works the same as dosing, but the accuracy, if somebody else has to give it to you, it's more accurately delivered. Oh, okay. So in a panic situation, your friend is a little more able to stick something in your nose and squeeze it than it is to do yes. everything I just described and then stick it in your butt. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, not I mean, in your I butt, guarantee but the muscle that, you know, when Arden was two and a half, if you had had something like this, taking it out of the bottle, sticking it in your nose and pushing it in, you would have had no trouble doing that. I would have been able to figure that out. You would have been able to figure it out. And I, you know, a big part of um, having it in the house is because with little kids, you know, I, my seven-year-old's a smart kid. Mm-hmm. And while he would know to call 911, he would know to go to the neighbor if, if I was alone with them and I wasn't right. Yeah. Um, this is something that I easily showed him in two minutes. Yeah. And I was like, this is all you got to do and then run to the neighbors. That's that's all you got to do. You know, you're going to sleep soundly one day and wake up with a burning in, <laughs> like, a burning in your nose and, and your front door wide open. <laughs> it's going to be like, mommy's down. And you'll be like, no, I was just sleeping. Uh, yeah. So now there's a third one on the market. And I, I just left Arden's um, appointment the other day and I got our glucagon changed to Gvoke. So, okay. so Givo comes in a syringe still, but it is, um, the, I think the kind of the genius of what this company figured out is, is that it's, it's pre-constituted. You don't have to mix it. It's not a powder and a liquid and it's incredibly stable. So my assumption, I'm making an assumption that you, you might, you know, maybe people who used to think, oh, one day we're going to make a closed loop system with glucagon in it, but we couldn't because they couldn't figure out how to keep that glucagon stable long enough. I'm starting to think maybe that that might be the next step after these algorithms. You know what I mean? Maybe it will be a dual chamber pump with an algorithm and this. But I went with this one and I will be 100% honest why. There's two things. The nasal thing to me um, seemed... Everything what Jenny just said, like, seems super easy to do and all that stuff. And as soon as I started hearing about the burning, I thought, okay, like, that makes sense. Um, and I, But I still was going to go with it until, and again, this is me being very honest, the makers of Juvoke said, we'd like to come on the podcast and talk about the, the glucagon. And okay. so sometime in the future, you're going to hear an interview with um, the CEO, and he's going to tell you why the company started and all this stuff. And it was super interesting. It had an incredibly interesting life. I, it's possible that when you listen to it, I mean, if you listen to this podcast enough, you might not be surprised by this, but I don't know exactly how much we're going to talk about the glucagon and how much I'm just going to be like, so what did you do after college? And like, <laughs> That's weird. And, you know, um, but, but that, so I went with it for two reasons. One, because it's stable and, you know, I don't have to, it doesn't have to be it's mixed. Soft. Yeah. The injection isn't intramuscular. It's just, it, it, it's just a normal, like little needle. And I thought maybe I can use it for bumping, like doing glucagon, like little bumps too. And, and, and that wouldn't be possible with the nasal. Right. 
And there is, I mean, there is a guide certainly for using, you're talking about like that mini dosing kind yes. of of glucagon and there is a guide for it. Um, in fact, it's, it's actually a guide that starts with, you know, a tiny, tiny amount for little people. And you and um, I talked about it on the pro tip about, I think so, about yeah. illness. We talked right. about that, right? Yep. So yep. People can check that out if they want to hear that. But, and so incredibly ironically, I guess, not long after you and I recorded the the illness pro tips uh, episode, Arden got sick for a number of days. And um, unlike most people who are like, oh, I got sick and my blood sugar went up, Arden gets sick and her blood sugar goes down. Um, so there was this one time her blood sugar was, you know, it was at 70. And I'm like, it's going to hold, it's going to hold, eat something. And then the food didn't do anything to her. And it kept drifting down. And I gave her more and more. And then there was this moment, you know, we're like 45 minutes into this and she's now 55. And I'm like, Jesus, none of this food is touching her. And I, I, so I'm thinking to myself, what's next? Like I have to do something right now. And I walked up to her with a juice box and she goes like this, puts her hand up and she goes, if it's my time, it's my time, (laughs) but I'm not drinking another juice. (laughs) Like real super serious and trying to be funny at the same time. I said, right on. Okay. I hear what you're saying. She's like, seriously, if I drink another juice, I'm going to throw up. And I was like, gotcha. So I went downstairs. This is probably, well, first of all, this is completely off label, but it's also why at the beginning of the episode, I tell you, this isn't, I'm just telling you what I did. It's not medical advice. And I took my old, you know, red kit from Lily and I mixed it up. I went back and listened to what you and I said to each other. (laughs) This is me. Like, I'm like, I wonder what I'll do. Uh, you know what? I, there's a podcast episode about this. Hold on, and but I, and I remembered, and I drew up like I kind of spitballed it a little bit. It was off based off of weight. I remembered that, and I drew up seven units, and I gave it to her. And it took a little while, but no lie, her blood sugar went back up, not too far, and it leveled out. It stayed there, mm-hmm. and I was like, right on. I am definitely getting the Juvoke instead of the nasal stuff because this might happen again. And that mm-hmm. that was my reasoning for going that way. Um, the big question about the Givoke would really be the pen itself. How, how, how much is in the pen? Like how many, um, mm-hmm. you know, what's the dosing? Because when you look at how much to give, it's, I think it's, if you're over 15, the dose is 15 units of mixed up glucagon. Okay. Um, and that would be given kind of like we talked about before in the other, um, the other episode, um, a certain amount of time, and then if it doesn't bring the blood sugar above 80, then you redose with double the amount. So just with the GVOC, my question would really be, how how much do you know that you're giving Right. as a mini dose? And right? I'm going to find out because you're 100% right. And and so I'm going to try it, and I'm going to find out. And if it's not mm-hmm. right, I'll switch to something else. I, you know, yeah. But, yeah. but I well, think this nice is going to work. Well, it's nice that that you don't have to do any of that extra stuff. That's yeah. really awesome. I, I think that as a replacement for the Lily one, this one's a no-brainer, right? Because you don't have to mix it up, and it's not this giant needle. But I think, and this is not something the company said to me, My, but my assumption is, the real excitement here is about the possibilities for dual chamber pumping because, right? it's stable. because it's stable. And not only that, I think the bigger excitement, and I think the CEO alludes to this, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back to listen. But my, my assumption is they figured out the science of making something liquid stable, mm-hmm. which now means that science could get applied to other things. I'm, sure. gu- I'm guessing. I'm guessing this is the very infancy of this company is what I'm mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking. 
um, and run by nice people. So that's cool. Cool. Uh, um, okay, so we went over the three different kinds of uh, glucagon. What and the when, right? You're going to use glucagon when somebody can't physically take something in their mouth anymore. Correct. Right. right? Um, when Arden had a seizure, we only used the gel and rubbed it into her cheeks. We mm-hmm. weren't trying to get her to swallow it. If you try to get somebody having a seizure to swallow something, you, you're going to get them to aspirate. It's bad, right? Right. Don't do right. that. Right. Um, it may be even a you know something for, as we know, symptoms of low blood sugar, even if you're not passed out or having a seizure, you could be not together with it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, many people complain about their spouse, significant other, child, child getting very violent or very abusive or whatnot. I mean- Getting them to eat something is might be impossible. Maybe impossible. Um, so using glucagon in a scenario like that may be your only option. Yeah, you might be tackling a. You may be tackling them and holding <laughs> them down. Might, exactly. You hold the but... needle. I'll tackle them. Then hand me the needle. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so well, well that yeah. really is. You know, I've heard the stories too, and there's been people who've come on here and told them, but I've heard them privately too of. The worst scenario ends up being when you're two adults and one of you's physically smaller than the other one, and the yeah. the larger person, you know, becomes combative or angry. And I've heard yeah. about I've heard about people throwing furniture and you know say, yeah. saying terrible things and you know yeah. uh, and everything in between. So and from a safety standpoint, you know, if the person is up and moving and in let's call it like a violent sort of behavior and you're not safe, just call 911. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I mean, don't try to get close to them with a needle and try to stab them. <laughs> I, that is not a good idea. It's such a, so. it's such a bad television show. Like you just see two people standing across <laughs> from each other. One guy's ranting and raving and holding a lamp and you've got a needle in your hand. And you know, really right. it's like every bad movie you've ever seen in your life. Exactly. Um, I think the the goal would be not to get that low if you absolutely can. Correct. But like we said, these are emergencies. They don't happen on purpose. I think it's just very important to remember, like, you can't plan for an emergency. I mean, you can plan for what to do when it gets there, but you can't plan for when it's going to happen. Right, right. So let's talk about, since we're in this vein right now, and we're using up our time, and we have a couple more minutes, um, let's talk first about low symptoms. Um, some of the things you've heard people say, and I will start with the one that Arden tells me. What is happening? Why are, why am I being treated Somebody poorly wants here? To reach you. Oh, you know what? Actually, this is funny. It's um express scripts. I have to say okay to the, oh, to, the to the glucagon prescription. I'll I'll call oh, them back. That I'll, is too funny. I'll have to call them back in a little bit, but I know that's what that is. Now my wife has picked it up downstairs and she's busy listening to a recording. Um and she's trying to figure out why she's listening to it probably. Um so Artem we the other day she she got a little low, right? Mm-hmm. And we were going right into a restaurant. So she went like quickly from like 75 to 60. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you're dropping. And she's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, how do you know? And she said, my lips are numb. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah. She's like, that's the one that I, like, that's my physical tell. She's like, my, my lips get numb. And she goes, and if you don't take care of it, She's like, I didn't realize before. So so she told me a story. She said one time she was out with my wife and this happened. And my wife gave her uh, a drink to have. And she drank it. And Arden's like, oh, this tastes terrible. And my wife's like, really? And my wife tried it and said, Kelly's like, no, it seems fine. 
and Arden kept drinking it. And a little while later, I think we were at a baseball game for my sons and I was on the other side of the field. So I came back over eventually and my wife said, hey, Arden was low earlier, but we took care of it. She drank this. She said it tasted weird. And so I tasted it and I was like, I'm, I don't taste fine, you know? And so it took Arden, she said it took her years to figure out that when that numbness comes, it's it's affecting like her tongue and her mouth too. She feels it on her lips, but she's like, everything, sense of taste. everything tastes weird at that moment. Mm. I was like, oh, no kidding. So I was wondering if that happened to anybody, but what are some of the other, like what happens to you? So, and I think that's, it's good to acknowledge symptoms and understand that there are many symptoms because they can also change over the years. Okay. Like I, um, you know, when I was younger, my symptoms were the classic, like I would get like visibly shaky. Mm -hmm. I could hold my hand out and I was like visibly shaky beyond just the internal symptom. It was, there was a visible cue there too. Mm -hmm. In college, I also had something very similar to what Arden is describing, but it was more, um, it was more like an internal mouth numbness. It wasn't really my my lips. Okay. It was more like an internal mouth, like it almost like you know what it feels like to be numbed at the dentist. Yeah. Like you feel like your whole mouth is thick mm-hmm. and like pudgy. That's what it felt like to me. Uh, no kidding. Um how long did now, it last after you ate? Like after you brought your blood sugar back, did it last from Ah, uh, gosh. I mean I would say it probably lasted a bit of time after my blood sugar was actually normal. Okay. Um, because I specifically remember it, um, like in college, I was still on injections. And so I would often have that as I came into lunch because mm. I had pretty full mornings of like zooming around on campus and getting back and forth to classes and whatnot. Right. And so I would often have that at lunchtime. And I can say that before I headed out into my next course of classes in the afternoon, I still had that feeling, even though my blood sugar was already back up Mm -hmm. from having eaten. So I guess for a a bit of time, it seemed to last. Um, whereas my symptoms now don't last after I've treated, they don't last long unless it is, Unless it's been a significant drop that's happened very, very quickly, mm-hmm. and it takes a while for the carbs to kind of start to make me feel better. Right. Um. My my symptoms now are much more like this, like feeling of everything rapidly moving. Like I feel like the world is spinning and moving, and my thoughts are fast, but I. I feel like I'm walking through mud. I yeah. feel like I just, I can't keep up with the way that my brain is thinking about things. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I, I wonder <laughs> if, we'll never know, obviously, but I wonder if your thoughts are at regular speed and your body is slowed down, or if your thoughts are sped up and your body's at regular, I'm so interested in that. There's no way to know, but I'm, because it's one or the right. other, right? Like you're, one part of you is being fooled about something about something yeah and everything yeah. feels like it's like like you feel like in that might be what it is maybe it's like that maybe you feel like you're in slow motion um i don't know isn't it weird yeah. it feels like it, feels, it makes me feel like you're in like a dream right and you're like kind of screaming like you know what's going on but you can't affect anything is it that right. kind of a feeling or no am i wrong it's somewhat yeah the other one is kind of feeling like drunk like I get, um, it, 
kind of tipsy. And I'm like, I've, I've literally been like drunk maybe three times in my whole entire life. Right. But that's um, what it feels like. <laughs> and, but that's, and not every time, but some of my lows feel, and I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a very happy, like right. drunk person. <laughs> like I, <"Ooh," laughs> whatever, everything is fun and happy. I'm not an angry drunk. Uh, <laughs> so I get kind of tipsy with okay. a low blood sugar, sort of like, Ha ha ha! That's funny when it really isn't funny at all. Well, it's, it's it's like I'm describing with Arden too, like because she's done that a couple of times. Like you know, I'll be like Arden, get up! You have to do something. Your blood sugar's low, and she'd be like, "I'm just gonna die over here." Like, but that's very jovial when she says it. Like she's right. very like jokey about it. Like it's cool. Right. Don't worry like, it's about funny. it. Funny, I'm totally yeah. fine. Yeah, it'll yeah. just be fine. But you know, yeah, I I, I think it's interesting. So when people. Have you heard from other people like some of the stuff? Because they, or or before we go into that, let me ask you this one: When you wake up after you've been low for a while and you didn't know, why are you so sweaty? Do you know why do people it, well, sweat it, when their blood sugar is low? It's a it's a body response um, to the low blood sugar. Um, all of the physiologic like mechanisms that make it happen, I I can't. You don't really know why, but, but I do know it's very very common to wake up in a sweat. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. bad, like change your clothes after you treat yes. your blood sugar, like yep. take the sheets and wave them around for a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're just mm-hmm. like, oh, Jesus. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think- I, even kids, um, you know, I've, I've heard some parents comment too that, you know, an older child who obviously wouldn't be wetting the bed anymore mm-hmm. um, with a low blood sugar may have, mainly because they've not got the conscious I guess, ability during that time period for their brain to wake them up to actually get up and go to the bathroom um, because they're low, you know? So, but I mean, outright symptoms, you know, even blurred vision Mm -hmm. can be one of those sort of like a tipsy feeling on your feet, the shakiness in the hands, people talking kind of like, kind of like off the rocker, sort of like, you ask them a question, they don't make sense. Yeah. We're confused. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, and it, I guess it, it's funny too. Like I, I've read, you know, back in the day, like all kinds of blog posts from people where they talk about being low and everyone describes it like slightly differently, but I think it's situational too. It's uh, mm-hmm. really interesting. There's somebody I keep thinking of having on just to describe a low one time because th- this person's low was like an amazing story and mm-hmm. uh, I'll have to see if I can figure that out someday. Um, okay. Treating things. Like let's so let's talk about it for like to finish up real quick. My blood sugar's falling, but I don't want to get high again. I'm ahead of it now. Like, you know, I know people know Arden's a juice box person. If she, you know, if if she's looking for a quick hit, if she's not hungry, juice boxes yep. work for her. We use this very specific juice box. I think it's important to remember that you're not looking to drink. So I found the smallest box I can with the most carbs in it, so that yep. she's not. Having just like I, I, I started helping Arden's friend the other day. Yeah. Um, and you're going to, and she's doing great, by the way. Good. Um, yeah. And, but, you know, at the first time I was like, hey, I need you to drink some juice. She pulled out this juice box and it was huge. And I'm like, yo, yo, you, that's here. And I sent her a link. I was like, get these. Like, you're killing yourself. You're drinking eight ounces of juice to get 15 carbs. Yeah. I, I, I only want you to, you know, the juice is medicine. It's not for fun. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So yep. juice boxes work. I've talked to people who use jelly beans. Um, glucose, glucose tablets, Skittles, like, so you're, you're looking for something that's a real simple sugar that's getting absorbed in your mouth and then hitting your body quickly when you swallow it. Like that's it. So what, so sometimes people say milk, 
but I don't think milk's as fast, right? So that's, yeah. I mean, ages ago, that was one of the treatment things, even on my list when I was little for low blood sugars, it was milk. Right. Well, when you consider like whole milk, one, there's fat there, there's protein there. Yeah. And the body actually have to has to break down the milk sugar mm-hmm. in order to get the glucose part out of it, which is what actually brings your blood sugar up. So I, I don't ever recommend milk. Right. I really don't. Yeah, I wouldn't use um, it either. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a good low. I mean, obviously, if you don't have anything else around, have at it. Drink your milk. Mm-hmm. But there are much better simple sugar things to carry along with you, even dried fruit. And you know, when I was little, my mom actually used to um, give me the little mini mini boxes of raisins. Okay. And then I, at the end of the school year, had these like dead raisins sitting all over the bottom of my backpack that had to be like they were disgusting they were like you know full of dirt and they were gross but that was what worked i mean raisins were easy they they worked well um the god the glucose tablets when i was little were horrid Mm. they were horrid i mean if you think they're bad now oh they're bad now they (laughs) were like bad bad years ago i mean now the only ones and i don't even i don't i don't know if they're on back order still but the gluco lift brand is the only one that i love it is um they taste good they don't come from a gmo glucose source um all the colors and the flavors come from natural fruit and Mm -hmm. fruit extract so they're not artificial um, you know, no lake number 70 or whatever it is. <laughs> so, but something simple. Um, I like your juice box though. I actually have kind of the opposite. I look for the smallest juice box that has the least amount of carb in it because you want to drink the I, whole thing. Either if I'm either I'm like half awake, if I ever do have to treat a low overnight, which thankfully I haven't had to do in a really long time, but I don't want at two o'clock in the morning to have to be completely fully conscious like, to say to yourself i really right, just need half of this juice box I do, right yeah. i mean and so the juice boxes i get are actually they're they're four ounces and they're only eight grams of carb a piece oh cool That's, yeah so you know um they work nice nice i know um arden also carries those little pouches of fruit snacks with her and they always have like yeah. eight or nine fruit snacks in them and i will sometimes text her and be like eat four eat fruit two. snacks yeah, yeah eat two fruit yeah. snacks so the yeah. other morning we were heading to school and she goes, here, throw this out for me. And she gives me a package of open fruit snacks. I still have four in them, but they're hard as a rock, you know? And um, she's like, they're hard. And I was like, okay, I'll get rid of them for you. Um, and But yeah, she always has one of those. So in her bag, she has a juice, a small juice box, and a small pack of fruit snacks. And she always has that with her. And, yes. then, and then there's juice boxes sort of spread around the school. So mm-hmm. Arden's in high school. So she changes, obviously, you know, Class. classes. Yep. So there's a, you know, in a closet somewhere, there's a couple of juices in each class. And then wherever she is, and she has to take one out and drink it from her purse, if she does, she just hits the closet and replenishes her purse. Yep. You know, I, I, I have to say that we don't, you know, the beginning of the school year is not as, um, it's not as intense when you're older and you've done it for a while. We just take two bricks of juice boxes and spread them around like, you know, like right. rose petals at a, at a wedding. We're just like, throw some here, throw some here, throw some there. <laughs> Then you're done. And then maybe once a year, Arden will be like, hey, I need more juice boxes. So she might go through, I don't know, she might go through 10, 20 of them a year at school, but that's pretty much it. That's pretty pretty minimal. That's actually pretty good. You know, when you, when you get to be an adult with diabetes and have kids in your house, you actually have to be, um, 
kind of good at hiding things or it disappears on you or it or it disappears like literally i mean even um i mean even my husband will drink them or eat them and he i mean you know he'll Mm -hmm. tell me if they're obviously not there anymore but um i mean my kids if i have my glucose tablets out they love them so i hide them and so it's like it becomes really important like purses my purses i have like these internal like hidden pox pockets Mm -hmm. in many of my purses because when they see an open purse on the table or the floor, they're like, oh, does mommy have any of her stuff in here? <laughs> like, mommy's stuff is for a really important reason. <laughs> you actually reminded me that during during a family vacation once, there was an argument because we were we were in a moment where it was summertime. And we now, by the way, we now, because of Disney, knew how, like, magical popsicles were, right? They give you a little bump, but they didn't make you go too high or anything like that. And for Arden, at least. And so we bought these box of popsicles. Like, you know, you get to a shore house, you go out and go shopping. And someone said, oh, I'm going to have a popsicle. And Kelly's like, hey, you know, I just need you not to touch those. We've got them in case Arden gets low, which prior to all the technology was going to happen. Like you were going to use those popsicles. And one of the parents said, that's not fair to the other kids. And I remember Kelly going, well, tell them to get diabetes and then they can have all the popsicles they want out of the box, you know, but like for right now, just don't touch the popsicles. Right. But it actually caused a, it, it was like, uh, like, you know, that's that's not fair. Or <laughs> Kelly's like, are we talking about fair? Because my kids right. my got, got diabetes. diabetes. Yeah. That's not fair <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, we're, if we're measuring fair, I think I win. You know, you know right. like so anyway, right. do you feel like we did a good job here? I do. I do, too. All right, cool. So yeah. I will. So let me say goodbye. Let you get back to your business. And um, hold on. Jenny's business is she does this for a living at integrateddiabetes.com. This is not an ad. This is just me telling you that Jenny is the bomb diggity. Check her out at integrateddiabetes.com. There's also a link to her email address right there in the show notes. Look in your player right there. Thank you so much to Dexcom for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget to take a look at the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor today by going to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or clicking on the links in your show notes or the ones you'll find at juiceboxpodcast.com. And of course, you need to run out and get yourself a Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Mm, 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 do it. ContourNextOne.com.